We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. Since you're giving it to the Lord, you know. I mean, it's one thing to have a bad day, it's another thing to have a bad month. But how about a bad year? How's our year going to go? You know, I'm not sure, but I know this. It can definitely go better if we come out of the blocks with a good start. You know, like tonight, man. I, I just love that time of worship with Jaden Lavick. Wasn't that a, a blessing? You know, and he's got a record deal, but then here we are worshiping with Joe and Justine. They don't have a record deal yet, but, you know, it brings tears to my eyes, doesn't it? I mean, when you're worshiping the Lord, to me, it's just a great place to start. And even today, at this point, uh, we want to open up our Bibles and ask the Lord to really speak to us. If you have a Bible, let's open up to Philippians chapter 3. And I kind of want to jump right into this classic passage. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul the Apostle is speaking. And look what he says, because I, I don't know if you guys are the type of person to do New Year's resolutions and we'll talk more about that tomorrow in our study. But um, here's really cool resolution. I think there's some things here that if you have that heart, new start, this is really cool what we read here. Look what it says in verse 12. Paul the Apostle says, Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If I was to give tonight's study a title, I would say it's Every Year's Mission. This should be our mission for every year. And one of the things you'll notice about this mission that Paul lays out for us, it begins with admission. Look again what he says in verse 12, not that I have already attained. In verse 12 again, not that I am already perfected. In verse 13, not that I have already apprehended. That's basically what he says. You see, every year's mission must begin with an admission. You know, for some it just doesn't seem to make sense when you read the text right here because you know a little bit about Paul the Apostle. You know about Paul's life. How already at the time of writing the book of Philippians, he's been a Christian for 30 years. God has radically changed his life. And Paul has been used by God to radically change the world. I mean, to me, I've been taught all my years as a Christian that Paul the Apostle is a typology of a Christian. I mean, this guy loved the Lord. This guy was used by the Lord. How can he say, I have not attained? I am not perfected. I have not apprehended. And yet, that's exactly what he says. Again, there in verse 12, not that I have already attained. The Greek word, lambano, it means to receive, it means to take hold of, it means to seize to oneself. 
And Paul was saying, I don't have it yet. Here in verse 12, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. The Greek word here is to let it owe it. It means to make perfect. It means to complete, to bring to a finish, to an end. He says basically this, I don't have it and I'm not it. I haven't apprehended and I'm not perfected. Now, you know, some might say, hey, that guy Paul, he's just like Jesus. And Paul would say, no, I'm not. Even after 30 years of being a Christian. He says here in verse 13, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. Here the Greek word is katalambano. And this is basically an intensified form of the word we saw earlier. And he basically is repeating his admission that after all that had taken place in his life, He wanted to make it crystal clear that he had by no means arrived. He was still a work in progress. You know, and, you know, for Paul to say that, I think for us, it it speaks volumes. You know, we're forgiven, but we're not flawless. We belong to Jesus. But we're not quite like Jesus yet. But that's our mission. Our mission is to know him. And our mission is to be like him. You see, this has got to be our goal, to be like God's son. You know, to take up our cross and to follow him, to die as he did, and then to rise as he did. As a matter of fact, if you look back at verse 10 of the same chapter, Paul the Apostle said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained. You see, here's the way it works. Paul the Apostle, writing to the Philippians, he said, I want to die like Jesus did to his own will, and I want to live like Jesus did to his Father's will. He has that mission, but it begins with an admission. There is where I want to be, but I'm not there yet. You know, I would venture to say that most of us here would probably identify with Paul at this point, you know. Even if you're here today and things are going so great and your life is abounding, your life is astounding, I think we would probably all say, you know, I still have a long way to go to be like Jesus. And if you're there, you know what, it's a really good place to start. But you've really got to let this truth penetrate your heart. You know, not too long ago, I remember I went over a friend's house and I was watching a, a boxing fight. And I'm still not sure if Christians should do that, but I was watching this fight. Two, two guys, really good boxers. It was a good fight, good matchup. But this is what I noticed, that when one of the guys went to his corner between rounds, his trainer kept telling him that he had the fight won. So the mentality then, the strategy then changes. You know, the guy thinks he's got the fight won, and so I don't have to be aggressive any longer. I'll just dance 
from here on out. And I think that mentality, that strategy, ultimately cost him the victory. You know, and, and I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we need to have that understanding that we're in this fight, and as we go to our corner, our trainer loves us, and we're, we belong to God, but man, we're not like him yet. We still have a long way to go. And we need to fight. We need to be aggressive. We need to follow hard after Jesus Christ. You know, Warren Wiersbe said this, A sanctified dissatisfaction is the first essential to progress in the Christian life. You know, to where you look at your life, and, and again, I'm not trying to bring you down, but we're just trying to, you know, understand here's the goal. I want to know Jesus, and I want to be like Jesus. And the, the truth is I'm not. And so God, help me. God, help me not to be content. I read a story about a guy named Timothy. He came out of the manager's office with a look on his face uh, dismal enough to wilt the secretary's flowers. Man, This guy was bummed, right? And so she asked him, what happened? You got fired? And he said, no, it's not that bad. But the boss sure did lay into me about my sales record. I can't figure it out, he said. For the past month, I've been bringing in plenty of orders. I thought he'd compliment me. But instead, he told me to get with it. And so later that day, the secretary talked to her boss about Timothy. And the boss kind of chuckled. And he said, listen, Timothy is one of our best salesmen. And I'd hate to lose him. But he has the tendency to rest on his laurels. He has a tendency to be oversatisfied with his performance. He needs to be reminded of the great potential he has. And I think for us, you guys, we need to be reminded of the great potential that we have and the great privilege that we have to know Jesus Christ and to be like him. We need that. You know, by the grace of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit, Paul was reminded, you're not there yet. Because the mission begins with an admission. And we look at the mission. We see a few things. Again, look at verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You want to bless God? Anybody here want to bless God? Yeah. You guys don't get that excited. I was like, man, poor Jaden Lavick, he probably thinks we don't like him, you know, because <laughs> we only clap, you know, for like two seconds. We need to get excited about the Lord. I want to bless God. Do you? Yeah, I want to bless him. I want to impress God. I don't really care what you guys think. No, no offense. I want to impress God. And so what I need to do to impress is to press on. That's what he says right there. I press on. You know, maybe you're here tonight and all you can say to yourself is, I'm not like Jesus. And I've been a Christian for 30 years. And so you know what? I give up. I give up. I've come to this place in my life. I don't believe God can teach an old dog new tricks. 
I know God's changed a lot of lives, but after all these years, it's pretty clear. Man, I'm not going to change. I'm never going to change. So I give up. And I think right here, part of the message that Paul is saying is, don't give up, my friend. Press on. Don't give up. Press on. You know, even Winston Churchill said, it's always too soon to quit. I thank God he did because we won World War II. What a difference it makes if we don't quit. You want to impress God? You want to bless God? Press on. Secondly, look what he says in verse 14. I press toward the goal. Press on. Don't give up. Press toward the goal. Look up. You see, it's time. And I don't know, you know, I I don't want to give too much pressure on you, but I know I'll give pressure to myself. It's time to grow up. It's, It's just time to grow up, you know. You're the Greek word to press toward the goal. It's the word that means follow after. It's even translated to be persecuted in the Greek language. It speaks of an intensity. It speaks basically of chasing something. Have you ever, like, chased something? When was the last time you chased something? Seriously. It's been a long time. We used to play tag when we were kids. Remember? Did you ever catch them? Well, you died trying. I mean, to chase after something. In this case, we're chasing after God. It's really cool. It's not just a something, it's a someone. You see, really the whole heart of the passage, and I think the mission for every new year is found back in verse 10, where Paul says, that I may know him. That I may know him. To know him is our mission. You know, and I know we have a lot of other goals in life. I want to buy a house, or I want to buy a Hummer. Um, whatever the case is. But to know Him has got to be our mission. John 17:3, Jesus said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, the only way we're going to know God is through His Son. Now, some might disagree and they say, ah, I belong to God. I'm okay. But listen, even if you belong to God, even if you are a Christian, you still te- need to further know. You still need to further grow in that knowledge. That's why Peter said, Second Peter 3.18, that we would grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, man. If you don't grow, if you don't know the Lord more, then you're heading for disaster. Did you know that? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what messes up Christian marriages, Christian families, Christian ministries, Christian life. It's because they're not chasing after an intimate and personal knowledge of God. This is why we need to make it our aim, our claim for the new year, you guys, to know him, to know his ways more and more, deeper and deeper. Man, don't let the world fool you 
with their invaluable valuables because they're not valuable. And let me tell you something else. Don't let the church fool you with their misguided measurements for success. Listen, it's not your ministry. It's not your mind. It's not your might. It's not your money. That's not what impresses God. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. You see, it's the one who knows the Lord and knows him well. It's the one who knows the Lord and his ways that has room to glory. All the other stuff, it's nothing. It's nothing. You see, this is why God saved us. You know, in looking at our text here, Paul gives us three things about this mission. And look what he says again in verse 12. Not that I am already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Why did God save you? Why? You know, I was thinking as I was sitting back there in the room today about, you know, the things that God has done this year. And there's a few of you here that weren't even saved last year. And now you're saved. I was thinking even of Amanda. She got saved last year today. New Year's Eve. And it's been a year. She's been walking with Jesus Christ. And for a lot of you here, you know, I remember the day that Stephanie got saved. I remember the day that Raymond walked through these doors. I remember the day that Gabriel walked through these doors. I remember the story of him getting saved. And you just go all to the room of that day that we got saved. But why? Why did he save us? He laid hold of us so that we could know him. And that's why Paul the Apostle says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Why did he get a hold of me? So I can know him. And I press on for that purpose. That's the purpose. You see, secondly, the priority in verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You see, if we're going to succeed in this mission, we got to know our purpose to know Him. And we got to have our priority. The one thing. The one thing I do. Forgetting the past. Because that can be a distraction sometimes, you know? Worsby said this, again, too many Christians are too involved in many things when the secret of progress is the one thing. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If he can't deceive you, he'll distract you. And you can look back on your life and 
Maybe you look back on this year and you think of all the hurdles you knocked down. Maybe you might even be here thinking of all the hurdles you cleared. And God said, you know what? Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward this goal. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, come to that place in our life where it's not on our hard drive anymore. You know, it's there. There's nothing we can do about it. But again, this one man, Warren Worsby, said, keep in mind that in Bible terminology, to forget doesn't mean to fail to remember. Apart from senility, hypnosis, or brain malfunction, no mature person can forget what has happened in the past. We may wish we could. It doesn't matter. To forget in the Bible, it means that we are no longer influenced or affected by the past. It simply means we break the power of the past by living in the future. I know guys, girls, they come from every type of background. And what the devil will do is he'll try to bring you down with that. I don't know what this year has been like for you. Maybe for some of you here it's been a really rough year. Maybe for some of you here it's been a really rough life. But it doesn't matter. That doesn't have to affect you. That doesn't have to influence you. We can go forward. Why? Because we have this as our priority. We know our purpose. That is to know him. And we have our priority. Nothing's going to get in the way. You see, it's a purpose, it's a priority, and last thing is this, it's a person. Look again at verse 14. I press toward the goal for the upward prize, for the prize of the upward call of God, where? In Christ Jesus. You see, it's a person. His name is Jesus. He's the one who left his glory. He came down and he died on a cross for our sins. And he's the one who said out of his own lips, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I don't know if everyone here knows the Lord, but if you don't, I pray that tonight would be the night you give him your heart. That tonight is the night you would pray to receive the Lord as the Savior of your life, as the one who calls the shots, because he died for you. And my prayer is as we begin the new year, we look back and, you know, thank God, you know, for the great things he's done. And I'm just so blown away, man. You know, my daughter turned 18. It's crazy. Is that wrong? What? <laughs> you know, ba- I was thinking about all these babies that were born. I was thinking about these weddings, Pat and Mario and their daughter and Joe and Justine and uh, Joshua and Kate. And I just, you just think of all the things that happened this year and you're like, wow, Lord, what a blessing. But, but here is, is the main thing. Do I know the Lord more? Am I like him more? I don't know. I, I gotta take time. I gotta really search my heart. I gotta pray. I probably have to ask my wife. Husbands. Ask your wife. Are you more like Jesus? I don't know. But I do pray that as the new year begins, that that would be our mission. 
you know, to, to get to know him. And of course, that's going to happen, I think, primarily by spending time with him, right? That's how we get to know somebody. Hi, how you doing? Great, how you doing? Oh, it's so cool how we're friends. You know, what do you guys say hi to each other? You need to spend time with the Lord. Get into his word. Get on your knees. Get in prayer. Go to where he is. And then let him come to where you are. Bring the Lord into every area of your life 24-7. Spend time with him. I had the opportunity this past week to spend time with my my nephew's nephew. So I'm just going to call him my nephew, my nephew Anthony. Cute little guy, man. Cute. And I'm like, man, he's cool. I want to spend more time with him. <laughs> and that's how it is with the Lord. We've got to spend more time with him. In closing, here's the last thing I'll say. I was thinking about today's study, and I was like, okay, Lord, we kind of want to have this mission to get to know you more. But then the Lord said, but Manny, you've got to give them a little something about me. Because you don't want to just tell them, know the Lord more. You want to give them something about me so that they can know me more. And here's what I'm going to tell you, Matt. That the message that I share with you tonight is not a message from Manny. The message that we study tonight is not a message from Paul. That the message we heard tonight is a message from God. And this is what we learn about him tonight. This is what we learn about him. He wants you to know him more. Does that make sense? That's from him. He wants us to come here. He wants us to draw near. I think it would be a great way to start the new year. So Lord, we thank you so much that we serve you, a God who would want us to chase after you and, and who would be willing to let us find you, to be with you, to get to know your heartbeat, to get to know what makes you cry, what makes you happy, what rejoices you, your ways. And even to know tonight that you want us to know you. Lord, I pray that you would just do a work in our hearts. We admit we're not there yet. And therefore, Lord God, we will aggressively chase after you. Bless your people here tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, again, especially for anyone here who's really not a Christian, who doesn't know you, but tonight they know that, Lord, you're calling them into your kingdom. And so I pray that by your Holy Spirit, they would know your word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that tonight, Lord, we would call on We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for tonight, for allowing us to worship you, to study your word. I pray, Lord, that we would go forward in this new year to bring you glory and honor. We love you. We hope you were encouraged by this study. 
If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.